What is up, everybody? You're listening to the Air Raid Attack Podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and our co-host, Jamie, will be joining us shortly. But uh, first things first, we got a fun show uh, for you today. Coming all the way from the FCF Board Ape Football Club, of course, getting ready for the People's Championship game, uh, wide receiver Maurice Thomas. Maurice, first off, uh, congrats on the uh, on the big win over Aoki this weekend, and uh, hey, welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you having me, man. I um, was surprised a little bit by the jersey you had on, but we're not gonna. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> first things first, and just so you guys know, uh, you know, I had no intention of wearing this, but I figured, hey, we're talking FCF football, and uh, you know, what better way to uh, you know rep the the Zappers, who's in the of course a championship game that we'll be talking here shortly, as well against Board Eight. But uh, first things first, Maurice is, uh, you know, tell us kind of like, you know, what's it been like this season with with fan controlled football and. Of course, you know, the second uh, season, what a lot of people don't know, it's season 2.0. And what's it been like and how's it how's it been treating you? And what you uh, kind of get out of this whole league this year? Uh, from early on, it was uh, started out as a very professional experience, um, especially in the tryout where they have them, you know, all around the country. Uh, there's tons of guys at different levels that come out to compete. And um, from the tryout, I was thinking it would be kind of, you know, not as competitive. It was kind of more of an entertainment thing. But as I got here and I seen how professional it was, you know, getting into the hotel, um, weighing in and weighing out every day, the uh, strength the strength program with Coach Carey, uh, Coach Reese, and those guys um, getting in and out of meetings every day, going into training camp. I seen that it was going to be a very professional experience. And each week they surprised me with something new, whether it was uh, celebrities at the game or guys coming in to talk with us and um, get with us with entrepreneurship or building businesses. Um, it was it was an enlightening experience so far. But uh, you really want to make the most out of it. It's been, it's been great so far, and I'm happy that I'm, I'm seeing the end here. Hey, of course, and, you know, I'm sure <clears> – <throat> You know, and a lot of people, of course, it's it's a big catch. A lot of people that I know is into it had a few uh, about a few weeks ago. Holly, you know, a big FCF fan, and you know, it's it's gaining traction. And what people don't realize, and if you're listening for the first time, or if you're hearing about the FCF for the first time, it's practically a professional sports league in a digital world. And uh, seven on seven, the, the fans of the offensive play calling, and you know, go into that. Uh, What's it, of course, you know, what we call, you know, regular offensive play calling compared to the sideline to this? What's it been like? Uh, obviously, you know, we're used to – I played football back in the day, not probably so much now. I probably could. But back in the day, you know, we're obviously getting the play calling from the sideline, but now we're waiting on us, the fans, are the ones calling the plays. What's it been like? Just kind of like you guys got the momentum going, tempo, so on and so forth offensively. Now you got a roughly 10 to 15, 20-second break as a play call is voted and of course gets to the head coach to the, and then of course to you guys. Yeah. I'd, I'd even say it's a little bit longer, uh, 45 to a minute in between each play. I mean, they whooped us in the shape right when we got here right. uh, in camp, but um, the game seems a little bit slower than what is uh, what I'm used to, especially going from, you know, the CFL level uh, up in Winnipeg to now here at the FCF, we got to, Right after the play is done, they get the vote up, they get the poll up, they do the best they can. 
And uh, within the next 45 seconds to a minute, you know, we got to wait on that play call. But getting in tune with the fans is really what's caught my attention. Uh, I'm frequently getting messages like in the discords. Um, I'm getting tagged and it's like, hey, what do you want us to run? What's the game plan this week? And the closer you are, I believe, with your fans and they act as the head coach, really, uh, the more successful your team could be. Absolutely. And, you know, and all the listeners out there, even the, the live streamers watching, you know, it's definitely if it's I know it's the last week of the season, of course, it's people's championship game. But I want to tell you, to be honest, it's it's a league that you guys really need to keep your eyes on, because, you know, what I like is, you know, the players are really interactive with the fans. I've noticed on all you know social media, Twitter being my biggest one. But, you know, it's a fun league. It's a fun league. And yeah. so, <clears throat> of course, go into the you know Canadian football to the to the FCF. Talk kind of walk us through how are you reached out to? Uh, when it came to, uh, course tryouts, camp, so on and so forth. Yeah. So my um my experience was, or the FCF experience was brought to my attention by uh, mm-hmm. my quarterback DeAndre uh, Francois, uh, FSU quarterback. Um, obviously transferred out to Hampton, but uh, he was in this league last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was looking for an opportunity to come back. We were both looking for CFL um, options. And uh, while we were doing those tryouts, he actually hit me up about this league uh, in the meantime. And he was like, hey, come play for us or, or come play out here in the FCF. It's a good chance we'll end up on the same team. Uh, I took that chance, moved out of my home that I just bought. And uh, here we are, exactly where he said, in the championship. So this is exactly what we plan to do. But that's uh, how I heard about it. Um, I seen it had gained some traction last year when he was playing it. Obviously, I'm a supporter of him. I watched a game or two, and uh, it was a bubble back then. But now that the fans are in the in the crowd, and you know they're right there next to the wall, they're up in the VIP sections right above the field. Uh, you can hear the heckles, you can hear the cheers. It's like a, it's a cool experience. The lights, they they really got it up and running. I'm feeling it. Speaking of that, that you know, the Pullman yards. The I haven't been there, of course. Hopefully next year I will, but. Uh, you're looking at the real nice facility that they built, of course, uh, opened up uh, this year. And, you know, kind of, you know, what's it been like? Obviously, the, I mean, from what I can see on, on, on the television set um, and on the phone, if I'm not able to, to watch it on TV, but what's it like? Because it looks like to me that the, I guess what you would consider the clubs or suites, it's kind of over, over the field type thing. What's it been like, you know, just really the atmosphere? Because obviously we can't see the whole, the whole yeah. 50 yards and then some what's it feel like just walking out there and and hearing the fans and the the people in the clubs i mean do, i gotta ask this do you still get heckled by some fans at least oh most definitely um uh marshawn lynch is out there he's yeah. he's giving the guys a few words uh he's actually just been on the field uh giving the guys a few words going back and forth with guys but um a couple trash talkers especially from the from the knights of Dijon uh community but uh it's for me it's real easy to tune out right um i don't really say anything back i'm so locked in on the game but uh the more people that get in there like the uh the week where it was um head head honcho week where it was quavo's week and there's a lot of celebrities at the game tyreek hill and uh you know robbie anderson uh quavo was there obviously and, and dwight howard all those guys showed up and it was the place was jumping, man. It was nice. It was a great atmosphere to be in. Um, 
and then the games were electric that week too, uh, that week too. Ooh. So I was I was really excited. I mean, I, if you want to talk trash to me, that's cool. But when I get to talking back, you you don't want me to win because I, I you know what I mean. Like I'm not stopping after that. <laughs> Speaking of trash, anyone you know throughout the season that you've played with, and, and people don't, you know if you're not UCFCF, there's a weekly draft and so on and so forth. Is there been one player throughout throughout this season that that's the world's biggest trash talker that you've dealt with? Is there that one player? Mm. I know I don't want to put you on the spot. I'm just kind of curious who's the who's the most trash talking out there. Uh, I mean, the stuff that I get into is like a I don't really get into it in the game because I don't get talked to in the game. It, they, right. I get the jaw in practice mostly because I try to keep it as professional as possible. Mm -hmm. Will. But while I'm in, while I practice, I kind of get into it with, uh, hear a lot of talking from um, Styrus, which is uh, Smooth, and uh, Smooth, which is on the other team. He's on, he's a Zappers cornerback this week. And um, Stiggers, which is one of the defensive player of the year candidates. Uh, they get to, We get to talking a lot, especially in practice. You can hear those guys from across the field. And then um, one more is probably Kane. The DBs are the loudest people on the field. Yeah. <laughs> so just so you know, they, they – whether it's complete or whether it's incomplete, they're, they're some of the loudest guys you'll find, especially Kane. So I like that. I was kind of curious, you know, he always, you always, you know, you have those behind the scenes, maybe so much, you know, and it's kind of putting out there and see, you know, who might be out there. And of course, you know, he's you as you prep for Saturdays and so on and so forth. What's a daily week look like for you guys? Are you, <clears throat> I mean, obviously, a lot of you guys are you know practically out of town so to speak staying in Atlanta throughout the season and going back home yeah uh, so on and so forth what's it you know a typical day look like or a typical week look that looks like for you if I can talk right looks like for you leading up to Saturday's uh kickoffs yeah so uh typical week is kind of like we get in on Tuesday so we, the schedule changed kind of mid-season where they started giving us you know a little bit more rest time because guys were Guys are obviously playing two games. You get to draft uh, two defenses. So guys were playing two games, so they gave us off uh, Sunday, Monday. And um, those are those are great rest periods. They still have the training uh, the training staff there so that we can uh, recover and get our bodies right. But um, as far as we get in the helmets on, on Tuesdays, uh, Wednesdays we'll go, you know, there's the man-up challenge uh, where a lot of people get to prove themselves uh, in one-on-ones. And, you know, we have the, the big man man-up which is like the offensive lineman uh, uh, man-ups, which is one-on-one -on -one offense, defensive lineman. But uh, so we are in helmets Tuesday. We go uh, uh, full pads Wednesday, which is um, which is one of our more intense days, uh, except for the guys who are doing the man-up that night. Uh, we lift in the middle of the day on Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, pop out just helmets. Um, Friday. Again, we lift uh, early in the morning. We have COVID testing, uh, meetings following. Uh, they feed us good uh, breakfast. And then um, we're out on the field again for a walkthrough for the final day. And then Saturday is a big day. You know, we, we wake up, they, they give us breakfast, and they shuttle us back and forth to the stadium. And uh, that's where everybody sees the magic happen. So there's a lot of preparation. We lift two, two to three times a week and uh, a lot of meetings in between there, too. Very nice. And, you know, you look, you know, obviously your FCS in some aspect is not your typical, 
what a lot of people would say NFL type thing. You got your ball. I mean, obviously you got your team, but you obviously you're set in stone throughout the whole entire year. You got your quarterback sessions. You got you know each department or each position in the department. Of course, offensive, defensive meetings. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> How's it been like? Um, if it hasn't, you know, um, if it's helped. You know, seeing like the TOs and the players out there, and you know, um, Terrence Williams, of course, you know, repping him with the Zappers, but players that's been in the league, um, and obviously, you know, I would say, you know, definitely TO Hall of Famer, T, you know, T Williams has been a stud at Dallas for a while, but players like that, have they, you know, has it been knowing that, hey, you know, we got these players playing alongside us, but at the same time, you know, learning, I'm sure, from them, have TO or anything, I'm up, you know, if they, have obviously I don't know what it's like oh TOs you know whatever but has it been pretty cool working with PO and uh even Terrence Williams throughout the year yeah most definitely um you don't expect that coming in obviously those guys aren't at the tryouts uh we get um got to work with Martavis Bryant um obviously Terrence Williams and the Hall of Famer TO and uh Giants running back that came out um seeing those guys have, that have been at the next level in the NFL operate uh up close and personal is is awesome. I mean, it puts it in perspective for you of how far off you are, or if you're better than, or if you're equal to those guys. Um, and you want to take pointers wherever you can get them because they've obviously been at that level. Uh, spoke speaking with Terrence Williams and working out with him, running routes with him after practice, uh, just getting a little bit of tips and pointers here and there. He's a, he's a stud, man, and he uh, he handles himself as such. When you see him uh, take those characteristics of I'm not too big for this league. Right. Uh, I love the game, and I'm going to stay after practice whether I think I'm better than these guys or not. You know what I mean? He takes that mentality with him everywhere, and the, and the same thing with Tio. I mean, whenever he talks, I mean, everybody's listening. It's, it's, it's the same thing. So seeing all those guys out here, it, it's a it's a blessing to be able to work with, with high talents. You know what I mean? Absolutely. No, I get that, and I and I respect T.O. and and um, T, uh, Terrence Williams and Artavius Bryant and um, was it Rashad Jennings? I think was the one that might have came out, but I respect them because, like you said, you know, it, it doesn't put doesn't make them look like they're any better than obviously anybody that's in the in the FCF. And and you look at Johnny Menzel, um, and I know he brings you know to some he brings baggage, but you still gotta like the man. Uh, but what's it? What was the question? I was going to, oh, when you look at, um, you know, players like a T.O., like a Terrence Williams, stuff like, you know, players like that, on the sideline, we obviously, you know, they're talking to the young kids, so on and so forth. And, of course, you, I'm sure um, maybe at times frustration, I don't really know. But, you know, is there any, you know, on the sideline, if you are happen to be after the game, is there, do they come up to you and say anything or kind of like, hey, just typical handshake and. and oh, sure. Uh, th- those guys are part of the league. Um, your TOs and your Terrence Williamses, uh, uh, those guys are part of the league. They're part of the team. They they act as such. Um, uh, Rashad James came out, talked talk to us, uh, was happy to speak with anybody after he actually stayed for probably an extra hour and a half, came out to multiple practices. Uh, he doesn't just suit up. But um, especially Terrence Williams, he uh, he's in the calf. He's in the hotel often. Uh, we sit at we sit at dinner, breakfast together, or sorry, dinner and lunch together. Um, he sleeps in a lot. You gotta watch him. <laughs> <laughs> no breakfast with Terrence Williams. You might not catch him there. But uh, 
definitely, definitely a good time, man. And those guys, those guys are grown men, just like us. I mean, uh, I wouldn't even say that the skill level is, is far off or that much different, but, uh, you notice that the way uh, these guys carry themselves is at a professional, sometimes at a more professional level. And, and you could take a lot of, you know, you can nitpick and, and take something from their game and uh, how they handle themselves. And you can see how they got to the NFL with the, with the work habits that they use. Absolutely. Yeah. I like that. I, I respect that. And of course, back to money, Mo. Hey, I got to ask the question. Obviously, I don't know if you guys watch the uh, read the chats, the Twitch chat rooms after the games or not, but it's hilarious watching them. Of course, you know during during the game that talks about Wendy's and literally everybody's now talking about Wendy's. Yeah, the entire time. What do you guys, to an extent, and you don't have to answer if you don't want to. It's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious watching the fans or reading the, like my conversation and everybody else's conversation. Quit passing the ball, so and so. Let's run it. Do you guys, after a while, ever get like, "All right, guys, come on now, let's let's mix things up here," or do you guys just think, "Hey, we're just gonna run with this thing," with the play calls, play calls from the fans? Yeah. So, like like I said, I have been a uh, I've been a board eight member since week one. Yep. All right. Um, franchise tagged in week three, yep. and uh, week week two is when I got in Discord. Um, but those guys. We get we get a new install each week so that you guys have you know new play calls. Uh, you get we're not running the same thing every single every single week, but we get new installs every week where we have to learn. Uh, probably get like around nine to twelve new plays uh, each time from different formations each week. But um, we got to run through those, and I take those plays and I send them to the Discord, nice. and then from those plays we'll we'll figure out what we want to run through there and uh we come up with a game plan and our coaches even in discord so it's we're, we're pretty aligned but um there have been a couple questionable calls as far i remember uh week four it was third and 16 and we called some uh we called we pulled out our goal line package to run a trick play and it, we me and me and deandre were looking at each other in the huddle and we were all just kind of looking around and we called timeout. We were just like, you guys need to scratch that. We're not, we're not running that. We're not running that. I don't know who called that play. I don't know if it was like the Discord didn't get as much uh, vote than the uh, you know regular fan base, but we, we weren't running that play. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I've always thought that when there's like a, th- like a for example, third and 16, you're going to run it. Has there ever been a, a situation where you guys look at each other and like, Nah, damn it. No, we're gonna we're gonna change mix things up. We're just gonna do a fake. We're gonna change the call regardless if the fans know it or not. Or are you just gonna go with it and just really kind of has it ever been a moment that you guys are like that's just um, changing things up? No, we we definitely uh, stay away from that. Um the coach Leota kind of, we can hear it with everyone on the offense besides the uh offensive line has a microphone mm-hmm. in their helmet, and uh, that's where we get the play calls from. And uh, Coach Leota knows if we're changing the plays or not. But we'll add maybe like an RPO tag in some of the runs or if, if, if Dre sees, sees something he doesn't like or, sorry, sees something that he does like, right. we'll keep the play on, but we'll add like a tag to it. Gotcha. But um, we try to we, – we stick with what the fans call for the most part. 
I was, you know, it was always was curious questions like, you know, like, you know, third and 16, stuff like that. It's like, I wonder if there's ever those moments where you guys look at each other, like maybe add a tag to it or somewhat some sorts of things. I'm sure there's some of the play calls, like, why did we even, but it's, it's the fun part. That's what I like about FCF is the yeah. fact that literally fans control the game and literally, literally yeah. I mean, we, we, uh, you know, we make the decisions on the instant replays and the, and all that fun stuff. And of course, uh, that's even a more of a hilarious conversation is uh is reading all those comments during the uh, instant replays sometimes yeah. sometimes I go back I usually watch my film in the film room with yeah. the uh, with the uh, app that we have but when I do go back and watch the live stream of it some of the some of the comments are really funny <laughs> but uh, going back to Nick Kane football of course you mentioned you know coming from Winnipeg and and many of course in the states may not be used to Canadian football but that's a different field league in itself as well. It feels a lot longer, feels a lot wider. And uh, so, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, what's it been like the transition from Canadian football? Cause I know people also go football is football, but you still got your transition moments. What's it been like also literally transition from a lot longer field and the wider field to the FCF, which is obviously your typical arena football, 50 yards and, Seven on seven. Yeah, seven on seven. Uh, something I've never played uh, before, indoor anyway. I've played mm-hmm. outdoor seven on seven on the regular field. But um, it took – I would think it – I didn't expect it to take things away from my game. You know what I mean? So when you get those fast, jet, speedy guys who are used to going sideline to sideline and uh, creating separation in their routes uh, at the top or taking the top off the defense – there isn't much taking the top off the defense on a 45-yard field, you know what I mean? Well, well, 50-yard field, but we start on a 10-yard line, so practically 40. But um, getting those jet sweeps is a little different. I can usually beat a guy to the sideline, but when the field's only, you know, when I only got 15 yards to do so, it gets a little bit more challenging. And uh, it's definitely been a big adjustment, especially going from uh, coming from CFL ball, where the field is 120 yards long and, and even even wider. Uh, almost twice as wide, actually. But this is a uh, it's been a, it's been a big adjustment. I've uh, I think I've done pretty well, and the guys that I've seen in here that have took advantage of it, like your um, Andrew Jamil's, uh, it actually helps uh, creating that separation on such a smaller field. I think it helps you as a wide receiver. <clears throat> do you miss? <laughs> that's a weird random question. Uh-huh. Uh, do you miss the really cold weather? in Canada when you guys were playing? Was it kind of warm? I know their summer is a little bit different months than ours obviously is, like if you're um, down here. But any cold, cold games you can recall back up in Canadian football with Winnipeg? Yeah, I was actually just uh, – I made it through a, a couple weeks of camp. I didn't actually get to play. That was the year they won the championship, 2019. But um, I did play ball in West Virginia. And, uh, no, I don't like playing in the cold. Um <laughs> That's that's not the move for me. I'm obviously a Florida boy from Orlando. Nice. I, I don't know about I don't know about playing in the snow. That's not that's not for me. <laughs> so what you're telling me is it's gonna be tough for you to uh to be up in like Lambeau Field, 12 degrees, winds blowing 40 miles an hour with snow in the field. Um, I won't say it's gonna be tough, <laughs> but I will say it'll be uncomfortable for sure. I respect that. I respect that. Now, I'm gonna make it happen no matter what, man. You can put me in. I've been to Arizona, played in the desert. Yo. Uh, a little bit of heat exhaustion because it's not as uh, humid, 
But uh, like I said, I, I still scored, got the job done, especially in college. It's, uh, I'm going to get the job done no matter where you put me. That's what I'm saying. But I might, I might be a little uncomfortable. <laughs> you let me know. Would you be uncomfortable with four-degree weather? Yep. Out oh, there? I, yeah, I played a few games that's been pretty cold and – you know, trust me, I, I, you know, it hurts when you hit that field and uh, when it's really cold. But, uh, you know, if I had to pick, you know, Oklahoma heat can suck, though, too. I would give me my 60 degree weathers, but, uh, you know, I'd rather do with little heat compared to really cold. Yeah. I'll, I'll handle that, even though that'd be too, pretty tough. Same. We had a we had a recent practice canceled because it was a, it was a 114 degrees out there on the turf the other day. Whoa. Um, I had never heard of practice being canceled because it was too hot being from Central Florida. Right. So I was a little bit in shock, but I guess that's what they do at, at the professional level. You know, we just move indoor uh, where there's shade and, and, and AC. So that's something I never heard of, but but it was nice getting to practice in the AC, though. <laughs> I hey, I wouldn't complain about that one, especially mm-hmm. I'm sure with the 114, you know, the humidity in Florida is uh, – or down there is pretty tough, but uh, hey, you know, you can't take anything wrong with that. Uh-huh. So, leading course throughout football, um, you always have, you know, there's certain ones that would stand by your side. Anybody throughout, you know, your your career, you know, from literally when you first started playing football up through college and now into the FCF and beyond, who's inspired you to continue your football dreams throughout your playing career and just in your life in general? Uh, I think to sound, uh, I don't want to sound selfish in this sense right. or conceited, but myself, I mean, it starts with yourself. I feel like any, any player should say that. And it's your, it's your own passion and love for the game. You know what I mean? And, uh, after college, I, um, went into uh, CFL. I was cut from any camp, had a rotator cuff surgery, I had tore my rotator cuff. And uh, I thought it was done. Um, got an actual a good job. Um, sat in the house for a little bit during COVID. Got a good job uh, playing uh, playing video games. Nice. Uh, I'm a developer, or I'm a not a developer. Sorry, I'm a quality uh, gameplay. I'm a quality gameplay designer at EA Sports. Uh, yeah, so I do oh. I do I do uh, motion capture. So mm-hmm. for the game. But uh, I thought I had settled down and found a found a job, but my love for the game was still kind of itching at me. Yes, sir. And um, I, I would like to say myself because I decided to get up off the couch and you know get back in the gym, work out, and and get back to where I wanted to be. But as far as inspiration goes, my I would I would have to say my mom. My mom's been my my biggest supporter. I mean, she's been at all the games. She's cut up shirts and pasted my face on them, wore my jerseys. Uh, she's screaming. She was in the VIP box uh, during the game. I'm like, mom, how'd you get up there? I got the general admission tickets. But she, she networks and she knows people. And she, she spoke with the commissioner and the owner of the apes. And mm-hmm. yeah, she's, she's just been my biggest supporter, man. She posts me all the time. So definitely, and especially my dad too. My dad's been there uh, since day one, uh, whether it was playing catch with me outside um running me over or getting me to tackle him he kind of created that gritty tough uh personality you see out on the field where i'm falling real hard or running head first into the wall and getting back up uh it's kind of where you know your your ego meets your talent or mental stability meets your talent 
So he's he was out there bullying me, and um, that's why you don't see me talk a lot. I kind of get up, and it is what it is, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure out a way to win no matter what. But yeah, definitely my mom and my dad being being those uh, mentors and supporters for me. But uh, as far as on the field goes, I'd say I'd say myself. I've, I've driven myself to get better. I like that, and I think a lot of people fail to really think that because you know we are our own worst enemy. I mean, if we we get tired because it's two, you know, not two hundred. For it's two hundred degrees, we're screwed. If it's one hundred and ten degrees outside, and we got to run, you know, gassers and so on and so forth. Hey, I'm just not going to do it. You know, we're our own worst enemy as much as it, you know. And I like how we we got to continue to push ourselves, and I like that because, like you said. Hey, you got to keep grinding. In layman's terms, you got to keep grinding. If you want to yeah. go where you want to go, you got to keep grinding. And uh, I like that mentality, and uh, I respect that. For sure. I mean, you've been you've been out there on the field, and it's all it's all really a mental game. Whether you're playing basketball, golf, whether you're in the office, it, it's all a mental game against yourself. And like you said, put your head down and just grind, man. It's all it's all a mental state. Of course, people's championship game this week. Um, you know, second uh, overall uh, year for it, and uh, hey, what what any different uh, mindset looking to this week, or it's just typical business as usual. Anything different happening? Any distractions, so on and so forth that uh, you guys are facing a little bit that might be different compared to the weeks previous, or it pretty much looks like same as business as usual. Uh, yeah, I mean, since we came in, uh, the Board Eight Football Club has had the same goal. I mean, which is to to win the championship. Since week one, we were like, oh, we're winning the ship. We were drafting teams left and right, you know, strategizing. The goal was always to win a championship uh, and take it one week at a time. And that's exactly what we did. Uh, you know, our only losses came from we were, you know, taking players out, you know, short players, but we had, we had already secured the playoff spot. And that's exactly what we were looking to do. I mean, we didn't fall short of any goals. Um, obviously competitive spirit, we wanted to win the game, but, um, we got to where we wanted to go. And as you can see, we sent Adoki back on the flight home last week. And, uh, now we're exactly where we want to be. And we got the same game plan to come out there and execute. And I believe in our defense. I believe in our offense. We always have trust in our offense and our quarterback, number one in the league. Um, but yes, business as usual, man, pick up that briefcase and get to it. Uh, you'll see it's very serious, Board 8 Football Club. Uh, if it's even possible to be more focused than we have been before, you're going to see it. So good luck to our opponent. Of course, the Zappers is their opponent. And you got probably the two best quarter. You know, Kelly uh, Bryant has played phenomenal the last few weeks. And, of course, you know, you can't go wrong with your quarterback. You guys have been lights out. Uh, in my personal opinion, probably the most dominant team all year long and more consistent. And uh, I think that gives uh, credit where credit's due to you guys as well, uh, putting the work in. But uh, you're looking at the Zappers, Kelly Bryant, of course, Terrence Williams had a great game last week against Should Have Been Stars. If you're used to it, it's obviously the Wild Aces from last year. But uh, what's the key to stopping this offense that uh, that has been almost nonstop? Well, they were unstoppable last week. What's the keys to, to the big game to get that uh, championship to Board 8 Football Club? Um, you know, I, I can only do my part on offense, but I'm actually really, uh, I'm really, I have a lot of trust in our defense. Um, we got great guys, uh, Cecil Cherry, hard hitter. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think they'll be running the ball uh, on us much. Just like you see in, uh, what he, what they, what we did with, uh, Malcolm, we were able to contain them. Great talent, but, 
uh, he was in a box. You know what I mean? He was in a box on come uh, last Saturday. And uh, I have great faith in our DBs. I wouldn't have picked a better DB core with Stickers and Mike Lee and uh, Sam Brown out there. Um, I think we match up pretty well, if, if not better. Uh, to stop uh, offense that's kind of been on the roll, I feel like we just kind of got to man up and, you know, get in their faces, get physical, uh, and keep Kelly Bryant in the pocket. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. I mean, I'm not the defensive coordinator. I'm not sure what, what they plan to do, but – I'd want to keep him in the pocket. Uh, I'm a I'm a stack guy. I've been, I, I watch the offenses. I watch the defenses. But watching them, I think that's where we'll have the most success if we can get them to throw the ball and get some pressure on them. Um, that'll be great. If we can keep him from using his legs, we'll be perfectly fine. I don't see us having any problems. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, obviously not because of a fan base or from a fan slash co-owner, fan, uh, fan owner, Type thing, but overall, I'm looking forward to this game. You got the team that's been consistent all year long, in my opinion, probably the most uh, definitely the dominant team all year long. Mm-hmm. And of course, now you got the team that started 0 and 4 and uh, finished finished out winning the you know winning out. And of course, uh, taking care of business last week with the Zappers. And I'm actually looking forward to it. It's it's going to be a very interesting. It should be a really good game. Yeah, uh, we got a little chippy at practice. You know, we talked back and forth and. We got a couple board apes saying that they're they're lucky to be here. <laughs> lucky you guys got a fumble call, you know, late at the end of the game. Yeah. And, uh, you got you guys overstayed your welcome, and um, we had some talk back and forth, and it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a good game. We take no team lightly. Obviously, every week is a new game. It's got the score the score starts out zero zero. It doesn't matter what your record is, and it's the FCF, so anything can happen. You know what I mean? This is a um, this league is kind of unpredictable, so we'll see. Hey, I got it now. Obviously, the game is final now, and you can obviously now move forward. Mitch Kidd, the uh, quarterback of Aoki, that dude's a baller. And what what was going through your guys' mind? I thought, I'm going to be honest with you, uh, I thought he's going to come back and beat you guys. I'm like, and this dude's going to come back again. The comeback kid, so to speak. What was going through you guys' mind uh, on that last position that they had and obviously close to uh, to getting in the end zone before it obviously got picked off? But uh, any any nerves? Yeah, um, I, I can't lie. I can't say that I wasn't nervous. Um, I knew I knew the 8 Oki squad liked to play from behind, that that was their game plan. And I was hoping that they got a score – uh, before the uh, five-minute mark so that they couldn't use that on uh, the comeback rule. But, um, yeah, I can't I, I can't lie and tell you that I wasn't sitting on the sideline with, with my offense for the last, I think it was eight minutes and 45 seconds of the game where we didn't see the field, or maybe almost 10 minutes, almost 10 minutes we didn't see the field um, with that comeback rule. But them making plays over and over, Mitch has been pretty consistent throughout the whole season. Uh, we knew we can get a hold on them, and we had to give the defense a cushion because that comeback rule is uh, it's not very good. You know what I mean? I feel like uh, it could be a little bit harder, but they took full advantage of it, and um, our defense came up strong in the end with a stop. And, boy, I was relieved because I, I was on the sideline like, there's no way they're doing this right now. There's, he's not going to – not three possessions in a row. Like, there's no way they're going to come back and do this. Like, I, I, I was worried. I was worried, and and to give all the credit to uh, credit to their offense, 
and they made the plays when it was necessary, but uh, just fell short. You, and I like when you go into mention, you know, be on the sideline. When you're on the sideline, whether you, the offensive possession obviously scored a touchdown or just, you know, whatever the case may be, how do you study the game? Um, or who are you? How should I ask this? How do you study the game during the game? So in, re, in re, so pretty much, I guess, in a way of, is there a certain player um, out there that you really like how they play their game so you kind of keep an eye on? Or do you just watch the whole game as it is and kind of just go through the motions? Um, I kind of watch the game as a whole. Um, I don't really admire people while I'm on the field. Uh, when I become a fan, mm -hmm. right, when I hop off and, and I go to the stands uh, I'll, because we have the early games, I'll – I become a fan then and kind of admire uh, a few people actually, uh, Andrew Jamil's and um, I like to watch uh, Jordan's play. He's electric. Uh, they call him the cheat code. You probably probably seen him on the beast. Yep. Um, come out of the backfield, catch the deep ball. Uh, not the most technical guy, but a real physical and, and athletic guy. But uh, watching those guys, Ball, Tyus Boykin, a uh, good friend of mine, uh, Jordan Williams, a wide receiver came from uh, Buffalo camp to play here, made a big impact. I like seeing those guys play, man. Um, I take a little bit from everybody's game and uh, kind of make it my own. Right. But uh, while I'm on the field, nah, I'm, I'm pretty locked in. Uh, I kind of just try to encourage the defense. You can hear me. I'm pretty loud on the sideline. Uh, and maybe if the crowd's not in it, I know that there's 10 – 20,000 people in the discord are watching on FUBU going crazy, but I'll, we got to, we got to support our team on the sidelines. So I'm, I'm just watching, you know, observing and uh, ready to get back out on the field. Cause I'm anxious. I want to be out there. Of course you got to make plays. Exactly. I can't uh, do that on the sideline. That's why it's so it makes me anxious out there. Just sitting there watching them tack on point after point. And it's like, ah, get us back out there. Let's go. Of course, I like the rock, paper, scissors um, coin toss, if you will. A lot of people, if you're obviously not familiar with it, uh, there's no coin toss. It's obviously rock, paper, scissors. You got to – you got to – hey, do you guys practice that during the practice? Do we practice? Um, or have fun with it? In the hotel. I've seen a couple of people in the players' lounge, in the players lounge going back and forth. And – uh I like to say I am one and zero, so uh, I feel like rock paper scissors is a good part of my game. If they want to pick me to go up for the championship, I'll, I'll take that. You know what I mean? I'll, cool. I'll take that opportunity and I'll I'll go up and do the rock paper scissors. But there there are some people that do practice that. I've seen it in players' lounge. I can see you and uh, Terrence Williams doing rock paper scissors. Yeah, I probably, probably beat Terrence. I'm <laughs> I feel like Terrence picked rock every time. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Of course, at the end of this week, uh, obviously the FCF season is is completely uh, over for now until season 3.0. If I'm what's known in life, what am I looking at? This kid making sure he don't come over and mess up my yard. Uh, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's trying to do. But anyway, uh, back to the thing. Um once the season completes, what's your plans after season 2.0 and and what's and where do you go from here and uh will we could we see you potentially back in the season 3.0? Uh I definitely wouldn't rule out that possibility um when it comes to coming back to the FCF to play again. 
uh, it's obviously a growing, growing uh, league, and it's getting more viewers week by week. Uh, I get to, I get to uh, present my, you know, talents in a showcase, the XFL showcase mm-hmm. on the nineteenth of uh, of July, and um, I was invited to go out there after the season. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, back, you know, back to a regular field. Right. I can shape to do that. So I'll, I'll be training as soon as I leave here. But um, I, w- I wouldn't rule it out. And they're talking about starting the next season, possibly in January-ish, uh, having all the guys back. But uh, I wouldn't rule it out. This has been a phenomenal experience, and they've been nothing but kind. They had hospitality to me, especially working out at a hotel, too. You know, working two jobs is kind of exhausting, but they've they're trying to make it easy on me. And I would definitely give this another shot if given the opportunity. Hey, I'm always, you know, <clears throat> a lot of people, you know, you know, James Harden came on here oh, sometime last year. I don't know exactly the date. Mr. Bald Fade. <laughs> the real James Harden, as he likes to be called himself. Uh, you know, I asked him the same question. And, of course, obviously nobody knows their future and, and all that good stuff. But uh, obviously, you know, I'm not going to ask too much in behind the scenes, I'm sure. You guys may or may not know, but hopefully they may add more teams to the league next year. I don't know what their plans are, but uh, be pretty cool. Yeah, big possibility. Um, I know it's been talked about. I know uh, Ray Austin, great guy, and and uh, the owners. I've spoke with all of them almost. I think uh, three out of the four of them I've, I've spoken to and gotten to know. But um, they plan on doing big things, and uh, they haven't they haven't cut us short at any point in the season. It's only gotten bigger each week. Uh, I've seen growth everywhere, more people in the stands, and uh, I'm excited for what they got in store for us. Hey, I'm looking forward to it. And if you look, you know, looking back at the at your uh, at the year that you had in the FCF and win or lose this week, and of course, what would you look back and say that? that what would you look back and say? <laughs> hey, you guys, I wouldn't be surprised if you guys win. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Um, what would you look back and be like, hey, uh, overall, my experience was blank. How would you reflect off of this season for you personally? Uh, whew, I definitely say it was uh, opportunistic. Mm-hmm. I, want, I, I wanted to say successful. Um, but during that we get to win, my, my opportunities and my season here was successful because that's the only goal, man, to win. Right. I, I come to compete. And ultimately, you want to you want to come out on top. I mean, nobody trains to be in second place. You know what I mean? So, uh, first, I'd say successful, um, and then second, I'd say opportunistic because uh, the FCF is full of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, there are NFL scouts that come here. Uh, just spoke to the, to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders scout. Um, what was two weeks ago? He mm-hmm. had to come in and, and meet with a few guys, and uh, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers scout came in the week after. So it, it, there's a lot of opportunity everywhere. They uh, offer you uh, live shows. If you, you can pitch your ideas for content, um, acting opportunities. Uh, they have guys come in and talk about uh, real estate. Um, they promote your businesses. Uh, there, there's a lot. It's it's all opportunity. And what they want to do here is uh, kind of get you to grow as a person, grow as a man. And if you, you can treat it, like the biggest opportunity of your life and take advantage of it. Or you can do like some guys did and, and treat it like summer camp and, and get cut, you know what I mean? And just be here. But uh, 
for the most part, take advantage of opportunities. I call it opportunistic, and, and that's what I've done for the most part. I like that. And uh, hopefully I can see you next year in the NFL with the Denver Broncos. I'm just saying. Broncos fan? Bronco, big Bronco fan. What <laughs> about the, the rush trade? You happy about that one? Here, here's – I actually got pissed some people off on Twitter. Go figure. You know, I actually wasn't for the Aaron Rod. I mean, so hear me out. So Aaron Rodgers, real quick, of course, everybody wants the league MVP, Super Bowl, and yeah. who wouldn't want Aaron Rodgers on their team? Exactly. Um, so I get that. Yes, I would like to have him on. I didn't like how much we would have gave up for Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Now, especially for his age. Yep. Russell Wilson, I like Russell, even though he tore us a new one in Super Bowl 48. Uh, <laughs> but no hard feelings. Um, but uh, I like it. I thought it was pretty even pretty good trade. I think that our quarterback issue was the issue for quite a while, along with our offensive line. But uh, I like it. I'm kind of curious now with our young receivers and Judy and Sutton and, yeah, and AJ and uh, even Kendall Hitton and Tim Patrick. Mm-hmm. We could be something next year or this year, I guess, now. That's going to be a deadly combo. I mean, you got an experienced quarterback, especially with those young and talented receivers who can – you can run those short routes, catch it in traffic, and and go deep. You guys got potential to be like a, a top five team. I, yeah. I'd say passing in the league. So I'd be excited if I was a Denver Broncos fan. As a Falcons fan, I, I was about to ask you that. Who's your Who's your team? I'm a Falcons fan, man. I I, uh, I say that proudly though, but it's been kind of rough these past few years. You know, what I mean, giving up giving up yeah. Julio, the Ridley situation. We could have had what was the great, what could have could be the greatest uh, receiving core, in Calvin Ridley, Julio, and Kyle Pitts. But now we're kind of like you know, backtracking and uh, rebuilding. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy for those guys, and they actually just picked up my guy, man. Shout out to uh, Jared Bernhardt, lacrosse player at my high school, actually my quarterback as well. Nice, two sport athlete. Uh, he won. I'm not sure what the name is. Uh, the equivalent of the. Uh, Heisman Trophy. He went to Maryland for lacrosse, and uh, obviously all American there. And said he wasn't done playing football. Went to Fair State, and uh, got picked up by Atlanta. So shout out to him, Jared, Jared Bernhardt. Remember that name. I'll keep that in mind, and everybody listen to, of course, get that name. And your thoughts on Matt Ryan, of course, being sent off to to Indy. Was that a little surprised, or coming from a Falcons fan? What was your take on that one? I, uh, I wasn't very surprised about it. I know we were going through a rebuilding stage, and they had been talked for uh, a few years. And um, I wish them the best. I mean, the, the Colts are a contending team uh, who, who were in need of a quarterback, and I think they got a good one in Matt Ryan, a good veteran quarterback. They got a great rushing attack, great receivers, um, or good receivers, I should say. And uh, I, I'm, I'm happy for him, man. I'm, I'm hoping to see his success, but uh, no more than ours, really. You know what I mean? A buddy of mine just texts. He wants me to personally ask you this question. What's that? <laughs> He's a big Dallas fan. Okay. What What's your thoughts on, on Dallas, and will they ever get past this this slump and get back into the big uh, – the, the limelight, the Super Bowl? Any any wow. chance that Dak leads them to the Super Bowl this year or any time while he's as a, as a Cowboy? Golly, I'm not sure what's the hump that they can't get over. I mean, they have a high-powered offense. Uh, their defense has been solid. Um, it's, I'm not. I think it's a curse, man. I don't know what's going on over there. It might be something in the front office. Might be something in the water. Do I see them going to the Super Bowl? No. 
only time will tell with that one. Hey, good luck. Good luck to good luck to Dallas. I mean, Dak Prescott, great leader. They got good running back, uh, strong receiving core. Uh, giving up Amari Cooper, and uh, we'll see how that one goes, man. Uh, I'm interested to see how they play it. I think it's something in the front office, though, definitely. Yeah. What's going on up there? That's my. That's been my thought for the last ten years, and uh, I'm still gonna have. Uh, think that I had a Dallas fan. Uh, she was on the show. Oh Lord, probably a month, a month and a half now, but maybe two months. The way time flies, but we discussed, you know, Randy Gregory and uh, you know that last second split from Dallas to Denver. But uh, I think it was a mutual mutual agreement that the front office is the biggest issue with Dallas. Yeah. So, Whatever's going on over there, I want no parts. <laughs> hey, you could be the you know you could be the next TO and Jerry Jones calls you up and you can do the uh, the uh, what was it the star on in the uh, middle of the field? Oh, oh, celebration! Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not even much of a celebration guy until I got to the FCF and they kind of allow you to you know do what you want. They encourage it. It's kind of an entertainment scene. I've seen guys jump up on the wall and, and surf and <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of flips. And as you can see, my uh, celebration, the, the, the um, Keenan Pill Hingle McCringleberry one, that was that was fun to do. But uh, I'm not, I'm a little bit out of my element when it comes to celebrating. But it's actually kind of fun. I, I, I might do it more. You look love to see a few celebrations this weekend. Let me know if you want to see any. I was about to ask you if you <clears throat> when you score a touchdown this week, it's not if but when. When you score a touchdown this week, are you gonna do a celebration? Yeah, so last week I had the Hingle McCringleberry planned. And uh this week uh this week I'm thinking maybe like an American sniper where I get up in the stands and uh and gun the teammates down. So we'll see. We'll see how that one goes. So what you're saying is uh, just keep an eye out? Yeah, just keep an eye out for the celebration. And then you got to vote it for celebration of the week because I wasn't too kind of losing to uh, Kelly Bryant today. <laughs> we actually get uh, we get bonuses for those. That's what I heard. And I heard that uh, <clears throat> you get bonuses on those. So I was kind of curious that uh, I'm sure you're, you know. But, hey, you know, maybe your defense can uh, – Avoid that from happening this week and keep uh, Kelly Bryant uh, contained. That's the plan. Not that I really want to see that. I'm just, you know, hoping <laughs> you're out there. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what you're going to see, man. The game plan is the game plan. and You plan to execute it. So if he doesn't get in the end zone, don't be surprised. Hey, that dude can play, but I know you guys are you guys are stacked on both sides of the ball, and uh, it, it's going to be legit good game. It should be, I should say. Those guys have a lot of heart. Um, I'm looking forward to competing, really. Yeah, uh, but I think we'll I think we'll come out on top. <clears throat> Final qu- a few questions for you, and I know you're obviously getting ready for the uh, for the game week and the uh, championship. The younger generation um, kids, whether they start out pee wee, elementary, whatever the case may be, what would you tell the younger generation? Hey, that wants to pursue not so much the NFL, but just a career in football in general. It doesn't matter what league or what have you. What would be some of the advice that you would tell these young kids that's starting to play or maybe play for a few years, but they're about to enter the big the big leagues, so to speak, for the 
the Pop Warners, if you will. Uh, what would you some advice that you would tell this younger generation that wants to pursue just a career in football? Yeah, um, I have a nephew. Uh, he's he's six, going on seven, mm -hmm. and um, I tell him all the time: uh, persistence and consistency. And he, he could tell you what consistency means. His name is uh is Dustin Lattimore. He could tell you what consistency means and and practice. He likes to say practice makes perfect is what he came home telling me, and that I, I told him that's just don't get rid of that you know belief. Practice does not make perfect. You know you just want you know you want to be as close to perfect as you can, but um, practice is a is a form of consistency that's going to make you better every single day. And um, as long as you have a love for what you do, uh, getting out there and competing and and going to practice even on the days that you don't want to, and uh, competing on the days where it may be too hot or maybe too cold or mom or dad may not, you know, maybe bugging you. Those are the days that make you better. Uh, most of all, creating that discipline in yourself and um, get out there, be consistent, practice, make sure you keep your love for the game because when your love for the game goes and your passion for the game goes, uh, so does your talent. So um, keep the love and passion and stay consistent. You're good. You're good. Uh, last question. I noticed your shirt and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 34, but I feel a whole lot older. Uh, Dragon Ball Z. Were you big Dragon Ball Z growing up? Uh, yeah. Towards my later years, probably like nine and 10. I watched like every Dragon Ball Z episode, man. I just I just sent a, a meme to my friend um, where he was like, hey, man, how you feeling? I got uh, my guy, Jordan Williams, who was on the night. He messaged me and was like, "Man, how you feeling about the how you feeling about this week?" And I sent him back a meme uh, or a, a GIF, I should say, of Goku in the chamber where he's got the mask on. And I was like, "That's how I'm feeling." He's like, "Oh, you loading? Like you're you're charging up?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's exactly what it feels like, man. I'm I'm uh, going out to practice. I'm locked in. I'm focused. I'm getting to bed early. I'm watching film early in the morning. I'm lifting." Uh, Taking this week serious, more serious than ever. I'm kind of like Goku training for his final fight with, say, uh, Majin Buu. You know what I mean? Hey, that brings back memories. You know, I, I remember growing up watching Dragon Ball Z, and of course, you know that was I think the same time Pokemon was big, and so on and so forth. But uh, I saw him like, man, you know, wait for these shows to come on, man. Was, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was in the bed. Like, I, except for when my dad told me I had to go to sleep, like right when it came on, it was kind of a later show. But I had a bad time. But I, I stay up and watch it anyway. He let me. Last one. It's an easy one. Final score. Oh, man. Okay. Um, Hopefully a lot to a little. But uh, <laughs> I think the game's going to come on. I think the, the game's going to come down to who makes the most mistakes. Um. I think we've been very well. I don't think I know we've been very consistent throughout the season. Uh, a lot of guys get kind of annoyed that we don't turn the ball over in the minimal mistakes that we make, but we uh, we take pride in that. And um, hopefully, our guys on defense can create some turnovers for us. We really try to score out uh, every time we get the ball out there. As you can see, last last week, the um, the Aokis we we uh, messed up a mesh and we fumbled um, on the drive coming out of halftime. Um, the fourth play coming out of halftime, and it gave them an opportunity to get back in the game. So uh, minimize mistakes, 
And uh, I say we come out, we score every single time. A final score, probably get the comeback rule, get a score on that. Let's say 42-32. Ooh, I like that. 42-32. I like that. And a valiant effort by Kelly to try to squeeze back in the game. Ah, Do you think we're going to see a Kelly uh, do a Heisman pose when he gets in the end zone? Uh... I don't think he's in the end zone at all, but I can't tell what he's going to do when, when he gets in the end zone, man. That guy's a fool. Been playing video games with him in the in the lounge, and he's a funny guy, good guy. There's no telling what he's going to do, especially when he's up riding the riding the wave. <laughs> riding on top of the fan, so that was funny. Well, last but not least, I got to ask because someone asked me, What's your playlist going to be like for this week, walking in okay. the three games? I try to keep it the same. I'm pretty superstitious. Uh, I get – I start out with a little bit of Kendrick Lamar when I wake up. Nice. Um, uh, doesn't get too hype immediately, you know what I mean? I'm a pretty chill guy. I think everybody on our, t- uh, on our team, you know, we stay kind of under the radar kind of deal. But uh, Kendrick Lamar going in, uh, a little bit of uh, Travis Scott on the way to the game. And then usually when I get to the game, I turn on some uh, some Eric Thomas. If you haven't heard of Eric Thomas, probably the best motiv- motivational speaker today. I mean, I mean, if you don't, if you listen to one of his speeches and you're not ready to run through a wall, like you know, I don't know, you just might not have that dog in you like I do. But I like that. Yeah. So Kendrick Lamar, Travis Scott, and then some Eric Thomas motivational speaking to get me uh, get me right right before I go out there. I like that playlist. You can't go wrong with any of those three. I like that. Appreciate that. Hey, I like that. Last but and last but not least, Maurice Thomas, Money Mo, wide receiver in the FCF right. League Board Ape Football Club, getting ready for the People's Championship game this Saturday night against the uh, Zappers. And uh, Maurice, best uh, best of luck, uh, of course, this week. And uh, hey. Just because you came on the show, no I'm kidding. No, best of luck this week, and uh, I hope you do. No, I hope you do get your championship that uh, you highly deserve. And uh, hey, anytime you're welcome back on, and uh, I look forward to seeing you do big things uh, after this year. Yes, sir. Hey, Mike, appreciate you for having me. Uh, Air raid attack. Uh, I was thinking it wasn't going to be as uh, planned out and as thorough as it was, but uh, man, you put this thing together, man. This was a, a great podcast, and I, I look forward. I'm going to subscribe and look forward to see what you do. Yeah, I appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you on the other side, and, you know, maybe we'll get an upset win, but you guys are definitely the team to stack. So it's going to be a good one, but best of luck this weekend, and, of course, uh, get that uh, People's Championship uh, for the Board Board Ape Football Club. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, Mike. Thank you. you. Have a wonderful week. You've been listening to the Area Attack Podcast, Maurice Thomas, wide receiver in the FCF Board Ape Football Club. You've been listening to the podcast. We'll see you all here shortly. Keith Wainwright. Comes on. We'll see you guys shortly.